This week on Honey, You Should Watch This, we watched Susan's pick, 2009's Jennifer's Body. And I would just like to say that I am so happy that I am not Machine Gun Kelly. Wait, wait a minute. I am so happy that I am Machine Gun Kelly. Wait a minute. Oh, I don't know what to think, which mirrors my sentiments on this movie. Okay, so what'd you just ask me? I said, what's the whole thing with Machine Gun Kelly? Because I guess a bitch be out of touch. I don't understand what you mean. He's married to Megan Fox. <laughs> He's married to Megan Fox? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know she married, didn't she marry Brian Austin Green at one point? Ah, hell if I know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. The only reason I know she's even married to Machine Gun Kelly because I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about the UFC fights on last, last Saturday and Megan Kelly or Megan Fox was there with Machine Gun Kelly. So I don't even know who the hell Machine Gun Kelly is. He's a rapper, I guess. Yeah, great. Never heard a song of his. So <laughs> okay. So uh, welcome back to another episode of Honey. You should watch this. A podcast where a husband, which would be the gentleman's voice that you just heard, my husband Greg, and a wife, myself, me, Susan, uh, we introduce each other to movies that the other one wouldn't necessarily watch, and then we come on here and we talk them through. Because the, uh, the, the philosophy, I guess, we go through is the fact that um, you don't have to like a movie to appreciate it. And so it we certainly try helps, to, though. <laughs> it, it helps. It helps. But this kind of helps us process our uh, diverse taste in flicks. Flicks? Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I would like to apologize to anybody who watched the video last week. Um, you saw the nice, awesome... Top five for fighting symbols down yeah, to the bottom that. right and left, and uh, somehow it got Whoa. changed. Somehow it got changed, even though I had the proper scene set up for OBS. The you just want to changed. promote your other podcast. That's don't, not true. Yeah, don't give me that. It's not like it. anybody watches. I don't even like that podcast. The two guys that are on there are stupid. <laughs> They're jerks. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right, so All right. Uh, oh my God, we're gonna have two episodes out in the same week. I know. Holy crap! People are gonna get sick of us. I know. I know. That's that's a good problem to have, I think. Okay. All right. Why'd you have me watch this? I had you watch this because sometimes we talk about movies that had real potential, but for whatever reasons, be it creative conflicts or studio interference and things like that, like the conversation that we had when we talked about Suicide Squad, um, <coughs> that uh, the movie <coughs> just me. doesn't doesn't quite hit because of all those factors coming together. And I think this, I think this movie was a little bit before its time and people are just starting to rediscover it now. Um, and, and it's getting more and more of a, a cult following, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, so it's an interesting film to talk about, not just in terms of what it's doing. I don't want to even know what's going on behind me I, with the cats. Just, 
the cat. And, it's just the cat. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's also an interesting story of, you know, how the creators had one intent. The studio, because Megan Fox was attached to it, had a completely different intent and it did not go right. We will circle back to that because mm-hmm. I have a thought on that, but okay. we will talk about it during the movie. So, okay. All I, right. I can understand it. Okay. So when you, when I suggested this movie, what was your first thought that went through your head? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you've had me watch so much garbage. I'm, I'm not surprised anymore. Um, <laughs> I have impeccable taste in movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I was wrong. I expect, I thought it was a vampire movie. It's not. It's a succubus movie. Um, demon, yeah. Well, demon is. Uh, I I kind of I don't know. I didn't really have any expectations. I thought it was a vampire movie, so I expected what what is a vampire's movie? What vampire movie would be? Mm-hmm. That was it. Well, I yeah. wasn't I wasn't expecting anything that was going to blow my socks off. Right. But okay. Well, you're not too far off. Um, one of Diablo Cody, because Diablo Cody wrote this, and we've seen another Diablo Cody movie. I think Diablo Four comes out next year. <laughs> Diablo Cody movie. The other one we, we we watched for this podcast was Young Adult. Yes. Okay. Um, but one of her inspirations uh, in doing this was a Lost Boys. So you're not too, too far off as far as that's concerned. So what was your <coughs> what was your thought after you saw this movie? I mean, did it did it meet what you thought it was going to be? I think was I addressed it... that with my opening comment. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, but I guess you're going to have to I'm, elaborate on that just I'm a having, little bit well, because it well, is a podcast. Okay, we're we're going to get to it okay. on the podcast. I, we, <laughs> don't we do the synopsis now? Um. Well, no. You can tell me what I I, I don't know honestly. I mm-hmm. we we're trying to. We're trying to be more um, structured with our, our recordings. So mm-hmm. we, we watch this. Today is Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. We watch this Friday. We watch this Friday night because we try and make it work around my work schedule. And um, I had stuff going on that I worked on Saturday, and I was thinking about it while I was working. And then I was working in the office on Sunday, and I was thinking about it I was working. I put notes together last night. Did you not record? Um, you know what? I did. I forgot to hit the record button, but I can fix it. So it's not a big deal. Okay. Um, sorry about that, guys. Um, oh, we're still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. <laughs> Oop. So I, w- I was working. I w- wow. Hold on. 557. All right, I can edit that out. Okay. So I was working on Monday night. I was doing notes, mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking about it. And I can't honestly, I can't get a grasp on this movie because there's some things I, that I really like that they did, and there are some things that I I I am furious that they did, like almost ruined the movie for me. Furious. So I I don't I don't really know what to say. Like if I, I can't. Like if anybody asked me about this movie right now, I'd be like, meh, just not because I didn't like it or liked it. I just, I don't, the studio fucked this movie up, in my opinion. The studio, not the writers, not the directors, not the actors, the studio messed this up. And I I will give you my opinion on why they did that later. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote down, it's a beautiful train wreck. Um, As far as my, my thought on this movie, just as 
<laughs> if I had to sum it up. So, but there's, I think there are a lot of different factors the more I learned about the making of this movie that contributed it to it being the way it ended up being in that cut. Now, I guess there is like an, a, another more extended cut an unrated cut. Five and a half minutes, I think, extra. Yeah, that m- may add more color to what um, both Diablo Cody and Karen uh, Kusama wanted to do. Right. Um, but overall, I think that there was... I We'll get into this. Let me just jump... I'll jump into the summary and we can jump right back into this conversation. Okay. Just so people are up to speed. Um, as... You know, if you've listened to this podcast before, if this is your first time listening, we do do spoilers if the movie is over a year old. Um, So if you haven't seen Jennifer's Body and you want to see Jennifer's Body, um, definitely uh, go check it out and come back and listen. Um, And uh, then I'll just kind of move on here. Okay, so uh, Jennifer's Body, as Greg said, was a 2009 uh, horror slash comedy written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kuzama. Uh, we have a story of Anita Needy Lesnicki, um, a insecure and studious teenager uh, living in Devil's Kettle, Minnesota. And she's been friends with Jennifer Check since the Sandbox days. Jennifer is a popular cheerleader and the two, uh, despite having little in common anymore, um, still uh, hang out and are friends. Uh, Needy is uh, a little too devoted to uh, this very toxic and near abusive relationship with Jennifer. Um, one night, Jennifer takes Needy to a local dive bar to attend a concert by an indie rock band called Low Shoulder. Um, and a suspicious fire engulfs the bar and kills several people. In shock, Jennifer uh, agrees to leave uh, with the rock band despite Needy's protest. Later that evening, Jennifer is covered in blood and appears in Needy's kitchen and uh, immediately vomits all over the floor. (laughs) Black, needly vomit. Uh, The next morning, Jennifer appears fine um, until we as the audience find out that Jennifer has a taste for boys, a literal taste for boys. Uh, Jennifer discloses to Needy that uh, the band, thinking she was a virgin, uh, sacrificed her to the devil for success, as you do. Uh, but instead, that's, that's how I got where I am. <laughs> but instead of dying because they did not sacrifice a virgin, she came back more powerful than ever and uh, carrying a little demon inside of her. Uh, the only problem is that she needs to feed herself to keep herself both powerful and pretty. Um, so concerned uh, that her boyfriend Chip might be next on the menu, uh, Needy's got to navigate her very difficult feelings for Jennifer of both disgust and love and fear. Uh, to stop her from using the school dance as an all-you-can-eat buffet. The movie stars Megan Fox in the title role of Jennifer Check, uh, Amanda Seyfried as Needy, uh, Johnny Simmons as Needy's boyfriend Chip. Uh, nice little uh, appearance in there by uh, J.K. Simmons as one of the teachers. Uh, Amy Sedaris is Needy's mother, and Adam Brody is our devious band uh, leader, uh, Nikolai Wolf. And then we also get a little bitty baby Chris Pratt in there as well. Um, So that's a good little early uh, 
film where appearance was, for where him. Where was this in his career? Was this before Parks and Rec? 2009 yeah. was probably just as Parks and Rec was getting heated up, right? I'll check on that because I know that he was yeah. on the OC before he was on Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I I want to say that wasn't Adam Brody on the OC too? I didn't really look too much into hers. I'd never seen yeah. Adam Brody before that I would have recognized him. Okay. Um, so that is uh, the summary, my summary of Jennifer's body. All right. That was a great summary. Thank you. You fucking nailed it. I nailed it. Nailed it. All right. All right. So let's talk about this movie. Um, The obvious thing about this movie is... um, You're right. The... The film studio saw that Megan Fox was attached and Diablo Cody, there's a a very interesting Entertainment Tonight um, video of Megan Fox interviewing Diablo Cody, you know, I think was like the 10th anniversary of Jennifer's body. And Diablo Cody tells a story about emailing marketing about this movie and says, and is asking, so what are you thinking? And she said that she got an email back with three words. Jen, uh, Megan Fox hot. Not even a complete sentence. <laughs> and so that's part of it. The other part of this is um, she was fresh off her Oscar win, her screen screenplay Oscar win for Juno. Juno, yep. Um, so as, as it happens, when you get an Oscar like that and you have a very popular uh, movie, um, you kind of have carte blanche, and she really wanted to do a horror movie. So I think um, wasn't Young Adult a horror movie? <laughs> um, one of the things that I I I think because she I there was somebody else attached to direct this, but they couldn't do it, and so they ended up getting Kara Kazama, who is known for doing like darker horror movies, right? Which is the, which is the direction I think Diablo Cody wanted to go. Um, the problem not only came with the two of them coming up against um, the studio, but Diablo Cody's writing is very specifically quirky, right? As far as the way she writes characters and their dialogue. And I think at one point, Karen Kusama also expressed frustration with where she wanted to take it, which was darker horror territory with with a little bit of that dark humor. And the writing kind of got out ahead of it. And the way that the actors were delivering lines made it more of a comedy than I think she felt comfortable with. There were some really stupid lines in this movie. Oh, yeah. And and even the lines that were stupid, some of them could have been good, Mm -hmm. but it was glossed over. Uh, my example for that is after we know that Jennifer's killing these girl, these these boys, they're sitting in the the science classroom and J.K. Simmons says something and she goes, she makes like some smart ass comment that was actually pretty funny, but nobody acknowledged it. So why did you have her say it? Right. I mean, we know what she is. We don't need. It was just. Right. Th- this is we your what you said about the the movie studio. In a 2016 interview with the New York Times while trying to illustrate how completely the studio's all-male marketing department misunderstood the point of this movie, director Karen Kusama recalled that one of their marketing ideas was for Megan Fox to do live chats mm-hmm. with amateur porn sites. Right. Kusama said that she begged them not to even mention the idea to Fox because she would become so dispirited it was crushing. What? What? 
Yeah. Who I mean, who who the fuck said? Yeah. Did did they even watch the movie? No. I mean, <laughs> they ob- but see, once again, I've said it before, and right. I won't I won't get into it because people are probably tired of hearing it. L- let the filmmakers make their movie. Shut right. up. Sit down and enjoy the ride. For God's sake, that is the that is asinine. Right. Asinine. When they initially did their their first cut and they had test audiences come in, they. <laughs> They made the mistake of either bringing in one of two types of audiences. One was men, right? Men and young boys or frat boy mm-hmm. age. Um, or people who really liked the movie Juno. And to this day, Diablo Cody says she still has one of the comment cards. Of what would you do to make this better? And somebody wrote more boobs. Spelled B E W B S. Well, that's how you type. That's how you spell it on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> more boobs. Um, well, we all so- we also know that the, most of the people, and I'm, hopefully, I'm not talking to anybody out there that's listening to us in this country, are, are not really all that smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me, is why I had a hard time wrapping my head around this movie. Was it a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Was it a a teen angst? Is not the right word, but like, not Mean Girls, but something along the line of Mean it Girls. It felt like Mean like, Girls like, horror, yeah, yeah, like a coming of yeah. age type thing. Was it? Was it trying to make light of? Was it? Was it a comedy? Was it? The, it was almost like uh, we're doing sixty. Got to go left, you're, right? You're, I, right. We just waited. I and yeah, and it's funny to me too because um, I think there was a because. There hasn't been a lot like this done. I, I think you can compare this to like more recent movies like Ginger Snaps. Um, there's been a lot of women-focused horror um, in the last 10 years that kind of does this better than what Jennifer's Body tried to do. Um Diablo Cody was kind of going on that premise of hell as a teenage girl, right? That's the thing that scared her the most. And when you think about women turn monster in the horror genre, you've got Carrie, right? Um, you know, and after this, you had Ginger Snaps. It's, it's definitely a way to play with those tropes and kind of subvert them. Um, and it's rich territory because it's an adolescent girl, right? So mm-hmm. she wanted to explore this toxic kind of almost abusive relationship between girls sometimes that goes on. So again, mean girls heavy. Um, but she also, because of the um, the sacrificial scene and stuff like that, I mean, huge allegory for sexual assault, right? And, and coming back from that sexual assault and, and all that. And then trying to turn the trope on the head of the 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 mean hoary kind of girl being the girl that dies first, but now she's alive, kind of, you know. So it's I think they had a really rich um, territory to kind of mine with this, but I think that they were trying to grab for too much. I think that they had the time to kind of narrow it down. And a studio that understood what it was they were trying to do, this would have been a much better film. This movie got Spider-Man 3'd. 
<laughs> no, it did. This this sp- the story that had with Spider Man three is right. anybody who doesn't know Sam Raimi went into it with a vision, mm-hmm. and Sony was like, "Well, you need to do this." He's like, "I don't. I think that's bad." And they're like, "You need to do this." He's like, "I don't want to do that." And they said, "We signed the checks." And he finally said, "All right, fuck it. Right. What do you want? You got it. Oh, you want that? You got. You want that? You got it." He said that three weeks into Spider Man three, he just. Yeah, sure. You, oh, yeah, we can do that because he did. It wasn't even worth it anymore, and that's what happened. You here. want an elephant to go through? Yeah, no, yeah. Times Square. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. It. You got it. Yeah. Um, um that's. I, I do believe that honestly is what happened here. They they tried they tried to do way too much and didn't let the writer and the director do what they wanted right. to do, and it was uh, the other dialogue that mm-hmm. just was stupid to me was the last scene when she's trying to kill her with that knife. And she goes, what's that? She goes, this opens boxes. You oh, buy she was you- supposed to stab her right in the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the that's why. Uh, yeah, and they okay. didn't let that happen. They, they cut it out. Well, then you got to take that line away because otherwise the line is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I right. think the other thing that you kind of have to take into account too is, again, you've got a disconnect between studio marketing and the creators, right? Diablo Cody wrote this for girls. She wrote this for... Is that what the lesbian scene was for? It was for all the girls out there? No, I, you know, it was, again, it was like kind of mining that territory of, you know, women trying to figure out their own sexuality and stuff like that. They, they were trying to make this a very feminist film. And... I did forget about that scene, so I would recommend you watch it. <laughs> Um, and and Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried both say that they, this is what they're if they had to pick a favorite role they would pick their this roles this is their in favorite this. movie from their filmography right, both of exactly. them exactly um, but they were very very scared <laughs> to do that scene because they knew that's what the you know that's what they would probably promote that movie on and it was the wrong wrong thing so when you see um trailers of jennifer's body it's all about megan fox and you really rarely see needy unless it's that kissing scene and so it's and it's not it's not jennifer's story it's needy's story yes it is and um so it's it's like definitely it was mismarketed. So the people who wanted to go see the film, like what teenage girl would want to go see? Because if you even look at the posters of Jennifer's body. It looks like, you know, a Porky's or, you know, something, you know, that a girl, what girl would want to go see that? Whereas if you look at how Mean Girls was promoted and things like that, that, that drew in its audience and did well, big business. Not, not to mention that even though Megan Fox did a very good job in this movie, mm-hmm. I do have to commend her ability uh, her acting ability. Um, I never had a problem with her in like the Transformer movies, you know, but the Transformer movies are what they are. Um, you had someone that was coming off legitimately everybody going, oh, Megan Fox. Yeah, she from, was like voted the, the two, hottest yeah, woman the in trans- the world. All but, over yeah. Maxim and all. And so, yeah. so you can't, that's not how you promote it. I mean, I get that she was the star, the big name, but if that's the case, then you should have put her in Amanda's role. Right. And right? Amanda felt free in that role because she's like, I know what it's like to try to carry a movie and be the hot girl. Yeah. And I didn't have to worry about it. Right. I just... I Kind I, of a comedy of errors in my honest opinion. Well, what's funny to me is um, if... I, I've played videos for you before by Lindsay Ellis, who does all mm-hmm. the, those media critiques. And 
she did a series and you know regardless i think a lot of people are kind of turning on her now so like that's a regardless how you feel about her as a creator she she put she's put out some good content who Lindsay? Lin- yeah oh i don't know um, why anybody would turn on her i think she's pretty good uh it's the that's twitterverse she, yeah she's well. kind of jumped off of it but um she did this series of um basically deconstruct the whole plate where she kind of deconstructs the transformers um through different schools of of you know cinema right or, or okay so she looks at gender theory she looks at feminist theory she looks at all this um all these different things and it's it's a real interesting like she marxism is another you know queer coding all these things she breaks apart the the transformers and when she's doing the feminist theory she did it in three parts and her third part was was called framing megan fox and she she said at the beginning of the video she said knowing this was coming up i went out on social media and i asked people what's the thing that stands out the most to you about megan fox's character in transformer and the res- and the comment she got was like, "What character, right?" Or she stupid. Was, she was a great mechanic. Right, exactly. And well, here's the thing with short shorts. This is this is kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of how you have to because people say, "Okay, we'll film and video and 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 TV and and video games don't skew my view of the world," but. Creators create. <laughs> no, no, seriously, that's not a joke. Those people are lying. Go ahead. Well, anyway, this is this is this is what I'm saying. I believe that to some extent it does because you are viewing whatever it is you're viewing through the frame of that particular director, writer, you know, and, and the creative team behind it. So look, if you look at a a character like Michaela Baines from Transformers, she's not stupid. She's badass. She knows her way around a car. She's loyal as hell because of all the things that she's put herself through to make sure that her father doesn't get a longer sentence. I mean, on paper, great character. A lot of people walked away only remembering because film is a visual media that she had a hot body. And that's because the way she was framed, the way that Michael Bay frames her in that movie, and this is oh, what she's, horrible. and this was the whole thing about Lindsay's thesis on this video, is you remembered that she was an object and a sexual object. You did not remember all the other things about her character that would have made her character a strong woman character. I do remember and all it, the robots fighting and shit blowing up, though. Yeah, you do, and the robot peeing on the guy, and, um, but that's kind of it, and. Even though it, it catapulted in her into superstardom, it put her in this box that people couldn't see past what somebody framed her as. And it was hard for her to break out of that until she jumped on this role because she loved the script. Well, even though I agree with 100% what you said right there, right. welcome to Hollywood. You know, there are a lot of actors out there that are great actors that are pigeonholed in a role. Because mm-hmm. that's you know what I mean, right? Um, I I'm not saying I agree with it or I like it. You are absolutely correct, and she she should have taken this role. She 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 crushed this role. She was really good at it. One of the things that I will say about this movie is I I have zero problems with the acting. Mm-hmm. I thought all the actors all the they all did a great job. Now, honestly, you got to kind of be a bad a, a pretty bad actor to fuck up a role because. Even bad roles aren't the actor's fault. They can only do what they're given. But 
sometimes you can watch a movie and you're like, is he even trying? You know, right, or is, right, is, exactly. You know what it's so right. They, I thought they were both really good, and I thought the special effects were good. I thought the, you know, even the story premise was good to me. It just well, it was interesting, like because there's the the way that this movie plays with with things that you normally see in horror movies because you're flipping the script, right? It it's funny to me, and it allows I think the audience to be in different places. Like if you took let's let's consider the two men that she devours right okay the first guy is the um the, there's a that football jock whose best friend died in the fire and she kind of take you know sidles up to him and you know we've got to take care of each other and she tells him like let's come up go off into the woods well he's not thinking he's thinking i'm going to get some right as a if that were you know flip the script then it's a woman outside in the field and some guy comes up to her there's the women in the audience would be on guard, right? Whereas with a guy, you just assume that the guy's going to be the more powerful one in that situation. And then you have the emo guy that she um, she picks out, um, and she meets them in this like abandoned, like I don't know, it was like a house that was being built, kind of a thing. Like in the in the guy like there's no power except like there's one light up in this one house, and he has to basically go through an obstacle course to get into the house and you're thinking to yourself how stupid you gotta be to not be questioning what the hell is going on well most penises don't have an iq over five (laughs) (laughs) most women would be the hell out of there right most most guys would be the hell out of there (laughs) but it's it's gonna get a nail in my ass But it's it's just was an interesting way to kind of play with that and then have the two main characters that are fighting each other be, you know, a final girl and a final girl, right? Versus, you know, fighting some... Well, that's what could have been great about it. Yeah. You, you, all the horror movies that we have, Freddy, J- uh, Jason, Michael... Um, uh, there's always uh, the candy man. It's always, it's always a guy. It's always right. a bad guy. Here you had the opportunity to have a really good mm-hmm. villain... You could have had one hell of a series because after they fought, she didn't necessarily have to kill her. Right. They could have been demon on demon action, <laughs> not not in a sexual way, but you know right. what I mean. You could right. have, and I just I just feel like they took that, they flipped it, and then they they threw it away. They uh, they yeah. really did. Well, it's funny because I know Diablo Cody has uh, talked about. Um, they've tried to explore whether or not Jennifer's body should become a series because I guess the, the studio made a comic book. Yeah. And, uh, but they just, they were after she kind of, cause she went away for a couple of years cause after the whole, that whole experience just made her go, okay, enough. All right. Do you blame her? Right. Um, and so she said, she's ta- tried to talk to studios about making it, you know, into it like a TV series and they're like, well, it wasn't a really good of a hit movie. And she goes, neither was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But yeah. you put it in, you know, put it in the context of what came television. First, the movie or the show for the Buffy? movie came Buffy. first. Yeah. And it Buffy. really it wasn't that good. Paul it, Rubens was in it, right? Paul Rubens was, he was probably the best, the part, best of part of it. Yeah. Part of it. yeah. Okay. I remember yeah. watching the movie. I never watched a single episode of the show, but the show was a huge hit. The show was a huge All right, hit. That's yeah. a good answer. So um <laughs> her proper answer would have been like, yeah, because you fucked it up. <laughs> you guys took 
this beautiful Fabergé egg right. and you smashed it and you threw it right. on the ground. Well, I also think of the level of complexity of what she was trying to explore with those types of toxic female relationships with, you know, you have two people who are insecure and kind of codependent um, was rich territory. But again, they were trying to put, pull too many factors in it. They were trying to pull the, the sexual uh, finding themselves and the sexual assault allegories and which you needed to, for her to become that, that succubus. Right. Um, but also the, that toxic friendship, right? Which is, you know, kind of exploring that. And um, I, I, that was freaking spot on, you know, because how many times, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had friends throughout my life have, they have that one person that's trying to exert dominance over you and it's not a very good friendship, right? I mean, unlike Needy, though, I got out, you know? Right. <laughs> but... Um, but the the fact that they needed each other so much, and Jennifer needed Needy, right, to feel superior, and yeah. you know, and Needy, she Pardon didn't me. necessarily Pardon need me. Jennifer, but she loved Jennifer enough to kind of feel like she needed that best friend. It was still that anchor for in her life. Um, I got the feeling that um, the relationship that they did not develop at all mm-hmm. was that. Jennifer actually cared about Needy. I think they she, both she, still she, cared. She actually yeah. cared about about her. And mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, before the succubus thing hit, yeah, she really, she genuinely cared about her. Both, vice versa, both ways. Um, Needy was fine with Jennifer being the linchpin or the power because it drug her into things that she wouldn't normally be. And also, Jennifer kind of protected her. You know, nobody really fucked with her or messed with her because that was Jennifer's friend. You know what right, I mean? Right. And on the other hand, Jennifer was fine with Needy being the smart one and blah, blah, things like that. I think right. I think it was like a symbiotic relationship, well, but Jennifer wanted to be, needed to be in charge. It was, I, I wouldn't call it symbiotic as it was more codependent, right? Because again, Needy needed Jennifer so she wouldn't get picked on Needy. Jennifer needed Needy to feel superior and look because obviously like that whole conversation that that Needy has with Chip when she's getting ready to go to the club when she's in her bedroom you know wear something cute in Jennifer speak means don't show your boobs maybe show your stomach but you don't you don't look hotter than Jennifer you know than Jennifer you don't you're really smart you do know what symbiotic means right yeah okay yeah (laughs) I know but I mean it's Symbiotic in a bad way. Usually symbiotic means both people are benefiting in a But good both way. people were but, benefiting. Yeah. But then again, you got that scene where they're getting ready to go out and they got that whole thing where, and you see them in men movies too, where somebody pushes you playfully and the other one pushes you playfully and you push back and finally the person who needs to be the dominant Ow. one just... Yeah, just hits really hard. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it does. I think it, it, it did a really good job of nailing that dynamic. Um but I think Jennifer also needed to kind of do the things that sometimes girls do to try to make themselves feel better. She needed to, she, Jen, uh, Needy could not be in the spotlight. Um, she, if she, something was something that, you know, when she dates the emo guy, the only reason she says yes on the date is because Needy really likes the guy and thinks he's a sweet guy. So she's got to take what. Right. 80s, you know. Well, that was, but that's, yeah. we can't really count that as part of their relationship because that's the demon at that point. That's the succubus. Well, I, I think it's a little bit Jennifer too. Like, if, 
I've had a situation like I think the first time anybody ever asked me out on a date, I had a, f- a friend in the neighborhood that I would, you know, go to walk to the bus stop with and, you know, we wouldn't hang out during the day, but we'd kind of hang out in the afternoon or whatever. And she would be like, somebody asked you out. Like was, it was a surprise, you did know. Did you guys not hang out during the day because she was a vampire? No, she wasn't a vampire. Oh, okay. She was just... A bitch? A little bit. Yeah. Um, And then, but or have somebody try to take something that is yours because yep. they need to feel superior. And that's, and that's the insecurity. That's the hell of a teenage girl. Um, so it's, it, I don't know. I think that, that they nailed um, some of the, the cute, you know, Diablo Cody speak, some of those sayings, some were okay. Some didn't quite land, but yeah. I mean, a lot of the dialogue didn't resonate with me. Um, you're not jelly you're not lime green jelly you know there was just certain you're like stop trying to make fetch happen yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i felt when i'm listening to some of the words she's saying i'm like uh, in a lot of ways the one time when she says oh that gives me a wetty what the <laughs> fuck it's going what it was just weird it was uh, now yeah. I've never seen Juno, so I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen Young Adult, but that right. wasn't that wasn't like a catchy cliche, you know. Type that was hey, a, you know what I mean? Of. It had it had some stuff in it because of the way she wrote the little books, but I don't I don't know what her writing style really is. Yeah. O- on top of it, so those little things that seems like something that was the studio was like, oh, let's make this mean girly. Well, I think there was a, some shots in it that were very reminiscent of Mean Girls, the slow walk down the hallway with her and, um, you know, some of the, can, um, not cancel needy, get rid of needy when she's crossing it out, you know, Okay. and doing that kind of manipulation, um, I think was part of it. There was a lot of things that kind of reminded me of, of Mean Girls with, with that, but um, I don't know. I just feel like... The I, I know that the only thing that I really stands out to me from Juno, because I haven't seen Juno in quite a long time, is Rain Wilson has this little role in it where he's this um like a working behind the counter drugstore and Juno keeps buying the pregnancy kits and then he just goes like, Well, you know, nope, that's one doodle that you cannot undid, you know, kind of a thing. So it's he it is part partly Diablo Cody getting into her own writing. Um and I think that's probably what was frustrating to Karen Kusama because all of that kind of conversation, you know, is uh, or or kind of cute catchphrases or something like that that we're trying to do, I think, needed to go. Okay. Know. All right. I think we've covered that topic. Okay. Cool. What do you think? We good? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about the fire scene at the bar. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the impossible fire. Okay. Yes. That right there. I understand what they were going for as far as the band was looking to appease Satan, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And they got their fam they got their fame because <clears throat> they piggybacked off the tragedy. Did they set the fire? I you know, a lot of people ask that question when they're when they're <clears throat> looking at this film. I guess there's a few ways you can look at it that it happened supernaturally because of what they were trying to do. Because you also have Jennifer almost being mesmerized 
during the song, right? Yes. yes. And and coming out of the fire, I think it was more than just shock. It was like something had predisposed her to saying yes to getting into creepy van with band. Um, because he was shit goes down. The bar falls in. They come out the door. They climb out the window of the bathroom because that was the only way they could get out. Mm-hmm. And then he pops up right in front of him with a beer. Was he already supernatural? I don't. That that whole thing just was like, "Hey Phil, we wrote ourselves in the corner. Can you come help me out?" That it was. It was just really. And then it's not even like they practice the dark arts. He says, uh, "Dude, I got it off the internet." I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. I don't think it was quite well thought out either. Because almost I almost completely took me out and ruined the movie. Right, for me. and that it fire really started damn quick and nobody well, knew what was going on until something falls you know what i mean it's nothing yeah. burns that fast it's not doused in gasoline or kerosene yeah. or something and i was just like there are other ways to find a virgin mm-hmm. just kidnap her just you know what i, I mean right. I, I know that they needed the tragedy but i just uh, that was that really that really hurt me it really it really did because <laughs> i'm like okay this is um just, well, there's a lot of things too, and if you watch that, you know the the um, cinema sins and stuff like that, it'll point every bad thing out about that whole you know section of that movie. Um, yeah, it, it's because it, there's a lot of things about it too that I was like, okay, um, is did did he hypnotize her in some way? Because it's not you know, and why isn't needy like need? I know needy's supposed to go from this you know really meek girl and stuff like that, but if you felt that strongly you would fight to tat and make sure that your friend stayed yeah. with you You'd and not start, went with just start screaming uncontrollably yeah. blow your rape whistle something yeah and the fact that okay how how come you know if she's worried about her why isn't she calling the cops right <laughs> why has she got to call chip first you know <laughs> yeah i and it's yeah it's 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 you know that it's um, strange but that waterfall that goes nowhere thing that yeah, the devil's kettle that's real it is real yeah I didn't know it, that. it is real it doesn't look exactly they they actually use yeah, they you CGI, know special effects yeah. cgi the, the look for it but yeah um it is the devil's kettle and it's mm-hmm. at judge magny state park in minnesota the water disappears into a glacial pothole mm-hmm. pretty cool it is cool it is cool um, the, the other thing um that i thought was a little f- um that bothers me is like when they, um, you know, first you hear uh, or needy overhears that the band is trying to debate whether or not Jennifer's a virgin. And how did they hear them? How did she hear them? It was in the script. Thank you. Um, we'll cross that question. <laughs> uh, check. And so she thinks that telling them that she is a virgin is going to kind of turn them off to whatever they've got in mind, right? Which, why would somebody think that that was, you know, because then Jennifer does it when she's in the car too, when she thinks that maybe they're going to rape her, that she doesn't know how to do anything and all that stuff. I mean, the rapist, that's not about the whole sexual thing. Rapist is about something else entirely, but um, it's, you know, it's about power. It's, you know, and so that kind of writing, I, I don't know if they set it off for the, the girls to be unaware and stuff like that, but that surprises me coming from 
both the both of those the the writer and the director why that would be you know i don't know if that's them kind of poking fun at a trope or or, or whatever um but i don't know that 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 kind of felt a little weird to yes. me as well so. I, I agree um 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 i had a thought process and uh completely lost my completely lost my train of thought there okay do you want to talk about maybe so i thought what was interesting to me when they were talking about this movie too is how they did some of the effects okay did you did you come across anything a a, a little bit not a ton i know i know how they did the um when she vomited the blood when she vomited the blood in the first in the kitchen scene it's chocolate syrup hershey's chocolate syrup yeah Yeah, and she said she felt like bad about having to do those takes because she had to vomit all over amanda seafried but she was like i'm glad it's her not me kind of a thing um in the scene when it's at the pool it was actually done through a tube like just kind of projecting through a tube but as far as her jaw being unhinged um they did some of it through as a mask with kind of an articulating jaw and when they are were filming jennifer um Megan Fox, she had kind of like a green patch on mm-hmm. so they could CGI it all in later. But a lot of those scenes with the jaw unhinged, it's not Jennifer, it's not Megan Fox, it's somebody else. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Because so. she acts while they put the other person into special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, fuck Chip. Fuck Chip. <laughs> Chip's How's an interesting character. Chip's a pile of shit. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Explain to me your thought behind Chip being a pile of let's, shit. Let's get right down to it. Um, typical, just like every other boy, hand raised in the air, looking for sex in high school. We mm-hmm. all did. All of us did. If you say you didn't, you're a liar or a eunuch. Uh, she tells him straight up, Jennifer's killing people. She's killing people. She's a demon. I know what's going on. I've done this research. This is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. We need to stay apart so that you can say stay safe. And he goes, "Okay, okay. I, I, I love you. I love, I love you. I love you. I love you. We have to figure this out." Twenty fucking minutes later, he's walking across the field with a demon, going, (laughs) "Hey." Maybe I'll have sex with Jennifer tonight. Fuck you. You deserved to die. <laughs> Chip's not Mike smart. Drop. Mic drop. Chip, Chip's not particularly smart. Um, Chip actually fulfills a, a, an interesting role because he's the one being um, kind of a prude and kind of... Um, you know, kind of that voice in, in Needy's head, right? Like, you don't need to dress like that, you know. Oh, because he doesn't... I can see your womb. Be- you know? <laughs> because he doesn't want her to dress no, like that he doesn't because want he's it. jealous. Yeah, but that, it's the kind of that, it's it's what they would put the girl in, maybe, you know, that type of thing. So he's he's got some of those qualities, you know, some of like a, the Laurie Strode or, you know, um, that... that insecurity but yeah uh, none of the men are portrayed as too bright in this film yeah he's definitely yeah. i understand what you're saying yeah. with that but he's definitely not a prude because his belt came off faster than indiana jones's whip comes off his hip 
He in that first scene in the room. I mean, she was like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, I'm here. I am. Look at what I'm doing. I'm trying to take my belt. Oh, you're going out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I they, mean, I he think was he I, was supposed to be the voice of reason. He 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 was a little bit that kind of you know um, p- parts of of what you see in a in a in your stereotypical final girl. Um, you're just not that bright. Um, <laughs> I think the relationship between Chip and Needy wasn't a bad one. I don't. No, think, I, I don't think yeah, so. I he, think he, he meant treated well. Her well. He respected her. He did yeah, respect her until it came time to get some tail from somebody else. And he was like, Pfft. "Well, I think you got the manipulation." Well, I, you would have to think that a succubus would be more than just a hot bod, right? You would. You would think if I, I haven't done any research on. It's like, would you consider a suc- succubus a cryptid? No, a succubus is a demon. Is a demon. Okay, a demon. so you would think that they would also have some kind of power to manipulate. Okay, beyond just the physical. So being the D and D geek that baba I am, boom. Okay. and having Ooh, played Dungeons go. and Dragons for go, all folks. my life, uh, a succubus is a demon that is much like a mermaid or or a harpy. siren. Yeah, or a siren. They they do have the ability to charm, but it's not like a succubus would not be able to charm a gay man. Okay. Okay, because I'm not interested. So, or someone who was like completely devoted mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the thing that we have to also kind of figure out here is you're playing with, uh, again, um, the trope in horror movies of the person who sees what's going on kind of being pushed aside like you're crazy, right? Okay. That's Because what you're saying is ridiculous and what you're saying is you know a little unbelievable and i think ship was kind of being there for her so when jennifer comes up to him with the alternate explanation which was she was in love with this other guy and they were doing it on the regular basis and i think you need to know that and so he kind of is a little bit vulnerable to her charms with that because she's manipulating his emotions yeah, but any guy that's been with a girl long enough would know that that's not the fucking case because he's right. with her every second of the day, every day. When was that happening? Mm. I, I, I think I know what happened. Oh, okay. Um, she charmed him, mm-hmm. and he rolled a one on his saving throw, which is a critical <laughs> failure. He probably... Oh, God. <laughs> it's a critical failure, failure much, much, much like my life. I just... I you know think, what I honestly you know, thought? Because you've got him a couple of times kind of shaking himself out of it, right? Because when she's... Because you know, it's hard to tell sometimes in this film, like, what is Jennifer and what is this demon, right? Controlling things. Because in the middle of their make, first makeout sesh she has with Chip, she kind of pulls herself out of it and says to him, tell me I'm better than needy. Because she needed that as Jennifer, Right. And that shook him out of it the first time. And then the second time she tries to hit on him and he was like, yeah, I can't do this. And that's when he tries to get out of the pool and she drags him back in. What? Snacky what snack. Clown, what clown says, hey, I've got a tux on. Let's go into this abandoned pool area. Because <laughs> I don't that? know about you. but <laughs> And here's your question too is why is there electricity? All the nights, <laughs> all the nights that I laid awake struggling and horny in high school. All I could think of is, man, 
I wish I could find me an overgrown public pool that looked like poison <laughs> ivy had just left with green water that I could have me some loving well, in. Well, that's the part of the whole ridiculousness, like the, the where she is like taking, because obviously she, the demon isn't dumb, right? Taking, taking uh, her prey to places that are harder for them to find, isolated. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't find them for days. The same thing with Chip. I mean, that's perfect for her needs and stuff like that. But why would you want to get busy in uh, what would be a microbe-infested pool? Yeah, um, or a construction site. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the woods. Okay, I can get on board with it. <laughs> this was the other thing that kind of that kind of took me out of it too. Was the the denseness. And when I say that, I, I'm, I'm trying to be nice and not say stupidity of the town. Yeah. Now, we had a fire mm-hmm. where all these people died. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that died in this fire were men, right? I guess it was a couple women that There's got killed. There's a few women that killed, yeah. Then um, the, we, we thought that the foreign exchange student had died in the fire. Yeah. But he ended up getting killed afterwards. So I guess yep. they never found his body. But then the football player dies. Mm-hmm. Then the, and they find his body. They find his body like uh, that immediately. And then the goth boy dies mm-hmm. and they find his body. So there's no women or girls that have been murdered that they know right. of. And yet they make sure that all the girls have rides and buddies to go to the to the, to the the dance. But eh, Chip, if you want, just well, go walk across the common there with no lights. Give him a nice can of pink's mace <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah it's, it's it, i know the those parents, little things just kind of took me out of it the parents in this movie are just either not there like you don't see jennifer's mother until the end because her purpose is just to find jennifer dead that's it that right was, yep. right and so you don't know if i mean the the parent you see the most you see chip's mom Right, um, and a little bit, yeah. And she's and trying to do what she can do, but she gives him like a can of mace. Like, why not give him a ride? Oh, she gave him, not even mace. She gave him pepper spray. Oh, pepper spray. Okay. Um, what's yeah. the difference? Mace is significantly stronger than pepper spray. Okay, um, but we don't want to use it because it might hurt the attacker. Um, the one, <laughs> the one parent you kind of get them. Yep. Yeah. It's. Mm, it was funny. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. All right, so the one parent you do get to see the most of is Needy's mom. And it also, it gives you insight into Needy because she is basically a Jennifer, Needy's mom. Right? Oh, yeah. One of these days, I'm not going to be here and you're not going to know what to do. But she says that the night after her daughter's like had to clean up this demon puke from the kitchen, right? Because her mom's never around. And so you can tell that that's how Needy kind of got that dependency and she doesn't really question somebody treating her the way she treats her. But the parents, it's almost like the parents in that town, it's like Pennywise got to be running in the sewers too because they're just not there. Jason and Freddie have a have a uh, a speakeasy right outside. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I, I don't think any of the parents were paid, paid, paid attention. What the hell was the... Um, there was like 86 houses on that road where she killed the golf guy. Mm-hmm. Were they all half completed? I that's, think so. Yeah, that's I think not that's, how houses get built. Yeah, at all. Maybe, maybe they hit the depression because it was it was after two thousand eight, right? So maybe they were just doing a housing boom and things just kind of died and they were just half built and kind of left there. Okay, I can let that slide, mm-hmm. but again, it takes me out of it because when you build a when you build a, a division like that, you don't build them all at the same time. 
you build one at different stages so that you're selling one as you're building another one. You see what I'm saying? To keep the money yep. flow going. They had like literally, and you never finish the outside like that without the inside done. But, but, um, I, I, I just, that's why I'm saying I have such a hard time wrapping my head around this, that it's, it's disappointing to see the potential that right. was wasted. Right. Even though it, if this was what they wanted it to be, this was a pure chick flick. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. This was not a horror movie that guys would have liked. It would have, it would have, but it would have been a lot better. I think. Right. I think. Okay. Cool. Take a break for a minute. Yeah, let's take a break. All right, be right back. Yep, let's see it. Mayday, mayday. Can anyone hear me? We found something. We found something in the ice. Would you stop screwing around? This makeshift transmitter has a pretty weak signal. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Okay, hi. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming of the Dead City Drive-In. And unfortunately, if you're hearing this, then we're already dead. Okay, now you're just being melodramatic. Look, if you're hearing this, then it's probably because we're interrupting your podcast. Sorry about that. Okay, but we wouldn't do that without a good reason. Those delightful singing voices you're hearing belong to a ravenous horde of mutants and madmen right outside our projection room door. You see, we've been tasked by our bosses, the drive-in gods, to program specially themed double bills for the increasingly restless dead city denizens. And when we say specially themed, what we mean is killer robots, satanic terror, Uh, yeah, hideous freaks, creepy crawlies, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You see, there is no bottom to the depths of psychotronic cinema. Any old chud could pick a random double bill. Yeah, but do you really want to watch Chopping Mall back-to-back with Ghost Dad? Or a double whammy of Rock and Roll Nightmare and Bicentennial Man? Oh, yeah, I do! Oh, shut up, zombie Robin Williams, you fucking liar! At Dead City Drive-In, we choose a theme. Then, we and our special guest each pick what we think is the best representation of that theme. But there's only room for two movies, so we're talking genre flick deathmatch here. Three movies enter the ring, but only two can make it on the slime-splattered screen of the Dead City Drive-In. Put it this way, it's dirty work, but somebody's gotta do it. (laughs) Chris, that's the lyrics of that song from Police Academy 2. Damn it, we're about to lose the transmission. Dead City Drive-In is available everywhere your favorite podcasts lurk. The doors are open and admission is free. It's a show filled to the brim with monsters, mayhem, blood, guts, and... Um, dispatch. <laughs> Some more paramedics. <laughs> Remember, if the car's a rockin', it doesn't mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. And here at the... Under 17, not admitted without parent. Okay, right. we're back. Yeah, yes. We are back. Yay. So I made a little mistake when I was talking about um, this and then Ginger Snaps. I guess Ginger Snaps came before this. This was, I think Ginger yes, Snaps was in 2000. Think, 2000 right? So um, this is maybe. Well, they compared, these two movies get compared together and most people think that Ginger Snaps did what it tried to do better than Jennifer's Body from what I read. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think when you um, align those types of things um like ginger snaps was definitely a little more along the lines of carrie where the monster kind of gets born out of um becoming more of a woman right um versus this where you already got uh jennifer 
you know, <clears throat> not even a backdoor virgin by the time she gets her powers. So yeah, that line um, got changed too. Yeah. Oh, did it? Yeah, it was supposed to be. I'm not even an anal virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. She lost uh, 15 pounds. She weighed 97 pounds. Yeah, this that's movie. dangerously. And she stayed skinny, out of the yeah. sun. So yeah, that she, she would should look be white. Yeah, ninety-seven pounds. Wow. So my left foot weighs. I, I think that's what I weighed when I was like in the fifth grade. <laughs> Damn, girl. Damn. Okay, maybe so sixth, maybe sixth grade, sixth, I had, seventh. I had a couple of ideas. Okay. I wanted to throw them by you, and I wanted to see what you think. Okay. To me, this is like a combination of three types of movies or three movies. Mm-hmm. So it could be it, it could be a straight horror movie. So it could be. Um, you know, uh, the howling or whatever. Mm-hmm. It could have been a Heather's. Yep. Okay. And it could have been a Mean Girls. Right. They didn't do anything grossly over the top gory. There was some blood. The, the guts. Where? Where were the guts? The deer was eating them. Oh, that's right. So, okay. So a little bit. Um, I don't think a deer would eat that. Yeah, I th- that was my I have questions. Think questions deers are veg- I think deers are more vegetarian. They're herbivores. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> now the raccoons and shit, they might have tore that up, but regardless. So <laughs> they throw a party, they'd put it up as garland. It yeah, would be they would woo. swinging from it like it was a chandelier. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that they did enough in this to have made it a horror movie. They like kind of stopped short of we don't want to offend anybody with blood. Heather's, they didn't make enough of a joke about the deaths. It was just like uh, very matter of fact about the deaths. Yeah. Hi, I need you scared. I'm going to eat you. Bye. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, right. what? Okay. And the comedy or relationship between the students wasn't enough for it to be a Mean Girls. It was almost like they went to a three-way intersection mm-hmm. and said, I got to do some different stuff. I think this movie would have succeeded better as a straight-up horror movie, personally. Yeah. They really glazed over the whole scene where she got killed and that was i mean that was a pretty powerful scene it too. was a pretty powerful scene but could you imagine if you'd have witnessed that scene mm. and then not realized that she was you know what i mean right it was like okay this is kind of fucked up uh what's going down but then they break the tension with hey, i got it off the internet that that right you know what I mean? right and and then the one guy made the comment and he says do you want to be rich or do you want to be like justin bieber or not and the guy walks away and he, oh, turns the guy and he from goes Maroon 5. Yeah, what the fuck was that you know what I mean? yeah it was that could have been a really really creepy fucked up scene yeah with her in the van and they just i, I don't okay maybe it was too much i don't know um that's kind of how yeah. I, I felt. That that's I, that I I think the studio sticking their feet. Well, we don't want to make it too bloody. Well, we don't want to make it so funny. Right, right. And that's as as, we, as I mentioned before. I mean, everybody who was a fan of Juno was like, "What the hell do you have me watching?" Right. <laughs> and all the guys that came from Megan Fox was like, "How come she's not taking off her clothes?" Yeah, but you know? I mean, that's that's the crazy thing is just because somebody wrote something. Uh, that was like Juno doesn't mean the next thing they're going to write is like Juno. You've got to advertise a movie for what it is. That's uh, from the person who wrote Transformers comes Remains of the Day. What? Right, right. What? No, uh, what? what? <laughs> some of the, the making of this film too, though, I, I find that there was there was some nice little touches that I, I noticed. Um, 
And some of like, you know, some of them are, are obviously references, like you said, you know, it, it's, there's parts of it that scream Mean Girls, there's parts of it that screamed Heathers. Um, but some of the other Easter eggs that I thought were really good, um, or touches and stuff like that, obviously, there was the Evil Dead Easter egg. Um, so when Jennifer sneaks into Needy's room after um, killing the second boy to try to kind of calm her down and mani- maybe manipulate her into compliance and, and all that, um, I noticed when we were watching it, I said, hey, look, there's an Evil Dead poster on the wall. Well, not only was there an Evil Dead poster on the wall, Jennifer was wearing an Evil t-shirt. Dead sh- T-shirt, yeah. you know, a little on the nose, but it's an Easter egg, right? And yeah. it's... Um, so that was that was kind of interesting. The other thing, if you noticed in the first um, in one of the early scenes in the movie when they're talking in the hall and she's trying to get Needy to go to the low shoulder concert with her, if you look at both the girls, they are wearing almost the exact same thing. It's just one is le- like they're both wearing shirts and pink cardigans and jeans. Okay. It's just that Jennifer's shirt is kind of this low rise shirt. Her um, hot pink cardigan is like a cropped, you know, so you can see her stomach and all that. Needy is in this light pink, but it's bulkier and stuff like that. But it's like almost it's like they're the same, but they're different. I thought that was a nice touch. Okay. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. And then in the pool scene, when um, she rises out of the water after getting sprayed, sprayed with pepper spray, the way that they have her um, her body um, positioned, it it's it's all Carrie. Oh yeah. After after oh, yes. the pig's blood. Um, so those were some really cool touches. I think they added to the film. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, again. So much good stuff, so much bad stuff. Mm. That's why I just really struggled with what, how I felt about this movie. Let's let's talk about the kiss scene for just a second. Hmm. All right. <laughs> no, uh, okay. As I do. Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Um, to which scene are you referring? I do not remember anything about a kiss in this movie. What I mean, from your point of view, as a man, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what. I don't want to say what was your reaction to that. I don't want to open this up to like a, a zinger, but you know what I'm saying? What was your, what was your thoughts on that? Well, it's, what were it's always thoughts? a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like even though, even though I understand it, in the way that it is as far as the story goes and what they were trying to do, I felt like they were just going for more B-E-W-B-S. You know what I mean? Boobs. Oh, boobs. Because I referenced yeah. your joke earlier. Boobs. I, I, I don't... Um, I, I felt like it was maybe a necessary step because I almost, I almost have convinced myself that that scene <clears throat> is Jennifer... Trying to make needy a succubus or a demon or something. And when needy resists, Jennifer at that point was basically like, fuck yeah, I'm done with you. Because that's kind of what, you know what I mean? 
So it was necessary to drive forth the story that they were going for, but they also didn't develop it. It was just like, what what can this movie use? Yeah. Two girls kissing? Yeah? So should we, la- should we ask the all-male marketing team if that's what this movie... It, it, yeah, I think, but I think you also have different, like... I don't want to say this as in, you know, so every guy thinks that, you know, when girls sleep over that that's the kind of thing that goes on because... Why are you ruining this for me? I know, I know. (laughs) Um, But when you think about the types of relationships that girls have in their their preteens and early teens, it is incredibly close. It's almost, it's, it's... closer than most relationships relationships because you stay on the phone for hours on end and you talk to each other constantly and you do sleep and you do share beds and you know it's all these these things that um would create almost this very fuzzy line for a relationship as toxic toxic as they had and they do have that scene when they are in the bar that when the song starts playing, Needy uh, Dee and Jennifer are holding hands, and Jennifer's and Needy's kind of looking at Jennifer almost romantically. So I think that there is some feelings that she has that are complex for Jennifer. Um, they That's never understandable. straight come out and say it, but I think when Jennifer tries to kiss Needy in that situation, it's more of a manipulation play. But she, when she pulls back. Needy comes in, right? So Needy does want that in some way. It's just, it's a very, it's just kind of an interesting act to that because I think that there, there is definitely some lust there that, yeah. that they were playing with as well, but I don't think they were playing it for the male gaze. It was something else. So. Are, are we supposed to assume that, that when Needy and Chip had sex that that was their first time? That was a good question for me too. I think so because of the the just because the comment you know when she because in this in this scene they're having sex and there's that strange kind of sixth sense that Needy has about Jennifer like she knows when Jennifer's there and then she had the vision of Jennifer and the the first guy that she killed and Jennifer as the demon and all that stuff and so she's freaking out while they're having sex. And he thinks it's just because he's too big. Yeah, <laughs> which led me to believe that they had never really... I don't think they had really never gone all the way. I think that was their first... Would that... Are we supposed to assume that maybe we're thinking that those visions that she had in her head were put there by Jennifer and that it's to traumatize her from having sex with a guy? I, I never mean, even thought about that. I mean, that's I mean, pretty. That's get, a pretty astute observation. Let's get, thank you. Let, let's get down to it. It fucked me up. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know what I mean? So Wow, that's a good point. That's well, really, you. yeah. This podcast is good for something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But again, yeah. you, you... I also you, think you're supposed to contrast what is, what you would consider a normal first foray into to sexual relations between boy-girl, and then you contrast it to the seduction slash fear inducing murder scene that's pretty it's pretty heady right i I will say this to steal a line from friends the 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 sex scene between 
um, Needy and Chip right. was bumpy. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But the scene between Needy and Jennifer, it, it wasn't, but I'm going to say it, it was hot. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know what I mean? Like yep. they had been there before. They had they were good at it. I, it was just, she was kind of just, oh, hey, we're having sex when she was with Chip. You know, I just, I, I'm, I wonder if they weren't right. trying to explore that. But again, they didn't even try and develop it or explain it or... Yeah, and I I don't know if if some of that is I know that the couple of things that were cut from the longer version were parents' reactions to the deaths to both those boys, but I don't know if there was anything else that would have pointed toward you know, obviously they they you know, let's play mommy daddy or you know, whatever that they she was yeah. she was saying like like we used to before, like they, there can be, I guess, some experimentation or, or or whatnot. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's very it's very hard to to take a character like Jennifer at face value, right? Um, I think when when you have when the chips are down in this movie, kind of not not the chip, not the, the character chip, but um, I think they do really care just, for each other. That. Yeah, I just got thanks. that. You're welcome. Um, um, but, you know, after Jennifer kind of comes back from the dead, like her first instinct is to go find Needy, right? So that says something, I think, about the human Jennifer. Yeah, right? I'm sure I'm sure that there is the mind of Jennifer in there because she's still going to school. Right. You know, I mean, a demon would have just hung out in the woods. It might have. Taking I know over, maybe he was trying to like hide in plain sight and try to keep up his and the and I think the the funny the ironic part of this is, you know, Jennifer as a character is very driven, is all about her looks because that's the only way she's she's seen as something of value and of worth. Um and this this role was very cathartic for Megan Fox because she said it kind of just put encapsulated everything that she was kind of going through at that time. She was just seen as a body, a pretty face. Um, And the fact that if she doesn't feed, her looks begin to disintegrate. She loses hair. She loses color, you know, um, is the greatest torture in hell for her. It it was kind of interesting as well. Um, You kind of have to feel a little bit sorry for somebody that that's that insecure, but she was also flat out mean, so yeah. But. No, I I agree. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot else that I can uh, that I can get into on this movie. I mean, we've kind of. Did a lot of people say that, and and it's not confirmed that this was also kind of based on a true story. Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of similarities to the this true crime story, but in that there was a girl, um, at least Paller, I believe her name was, um, and she made friends with she, she. Her parents sent her to rehab um, when she was younger, and she made friends in that rehab, and they were. Um, 
basically uh, lured her out to the woods one night and they killed her because they thought they were going to sacrifice her to Satan because they wanted to become better guitar players. And I guess my answer to that is, guess what? Um, just practice. Um, <laughs> Nobody wants to work for shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, when I heard about it, I was like, mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that, because I don't think Diablo Cody's ever said anything about it. So I don't think that she's, she's saying that that's based on that. But what was interesting to me is one of the details that they say is that when they were going to go get to the act of killing her, that somebody took a belt and wrapped it around her neck. And if you noticed in the scene where she she's being held down to be this ritual sacrifice, they it's not a belt, but they do have something around her neck that's kind of holding her back. Um, so I was like, hmm, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. It's just a disturbing story. But yeah, thanks for bringing the room down. I'm sorry. That's all right. Read the room. <laughs> I don't know how to read. <laughs> I never <laughs> learned how to read. Um. Okay. You want to do box office? Yeah, I'll do box office. Not a big hit. No, not a big hit at all. They spent sixteen million dollars on the budget, mm-hmm. and it made sixteen million two hundred four thousand seven hundred ninety three dollars. Um, which marketing for a movie is usually a percentage of the budget, but not the budget. So if the sixty, so if it's ten percent, they would have spent one point six million dollars marketing this movie. They were actually marketing this movie fourteen months before it had even come out, and they were still in like production hell. Uh, it was the number one hundred and thirty movie of nine of two thousand nine. I think worldwide it made like thirty one. Can't I? But so it might probably made him some movie back money back worldwide. Was not extremely popular, but you know when you market a movie shitty mm-hmm. and you allow the movie the, the the company to put it together shitty. I mean it is what it is. Uh, I was kind of ashamed because uh, Amanda Seyfried acted her ass off f- before and after this movie. That girl works. I mean yeah. she's in everything. Megan kind of. She disappeared for a little while. For a little bit. Little well, there bit. was there was a lot of stuff going on between um, her and Michael Bay. Yeah, we all know Michael Bay is kind of a prick. So, well, she's young too. I mean, she was twenty three when she she filmed this movie. She was what nineteen when she did Transformers. Yeah, I think so. Um, but when she would, uh, young actress doesn't really know any better, and she's got a sense of humor. It's just a very dry sense of humor. So she would say things about. Michael Bay as a director and I think Michael Bay got really insulted by it and kind of took personal offense to it um, and there was kind of a smear campaign that went out oh, about how difficult she was to work with he and wanted, that she was you he know. wanted to justify not having her in the third one yeah for for whatever reason which I mean that was odd but this, that because of some of the backlash that came from this movie, as far as people trashing it, and, and she she kind of went away for a little while too because she could not she couldn't take it. Yeah, she's she came back. I think it was two thousand thirteen ish. I looked it up earlier. 
I mean, her first real big movie after this was Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. She did a lot of stuff, but it was small stuff. Um, I feel bad that Mutant Ninja Turtles was her next big movie because I'm a a monster Ninja Turtle fan, and it was (laughs) horrible. Yeah. It was bad. It I'm such a big Ninja Turtles fan from being from when I was a kid that I even tried to give the second one a chance, the Shadows of Darkness or whatever it was, and I was like, Hold on, let me check. Thumb thumb down. <laughs> so um she did a season on New Girl. Yep. She's done she's got and she's got a lot of stuff coming out. Um but yeah, kinda Now there was a movie that she was in in 2008 that um, was called How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Okay. And it had a Simon Pegg movie. Oh, okay. So I'd be interested in seeing that just to see because I think that's more of her because I think she's more of a comedic actor than people give her credit for. Okay. And this, I, I, would, I would be interested in seeing that movie. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a couple questions. Okay. What I'm was try with not to cough into the microphone? Yeah, sorry guys, we're still still kind of recovering from the COVID thing. We're not sick, but I, so have, our, I have a we're lingering mo- cough. Well, I because I I kind of blew my wad on. I have questions because we do. I I have questions. This section is where we talk about the the parts of the movie that may have taken us out of our suspension we, of disbelief. Yeah, we talked, and and that was we kind of had to on this one because it was kind of what ruined it. Get get him down. I'm trying. Come here. Um, okay, so here's the first one. What was the deal with the necklace in the, the fight at the end? The BFF necklace? Yeah. I think that was, um... That's supposed to be like her <coughs> phylactery, me. like where she held her power or something? I think, um, you know, as we were saying before, you know, um, there's, there's actions taken by Jennifer's body that clearly were the demon and clearly were Jennifer. The fact that the BFF necklace got ripped off of her by Amanda or Amanda, but Needy meant that Needy was done. And I think that it didn't take a lot of power away from Jennifer, although it probably did. It probably unsettled the Jennifer part of this that the you know maybe the, she was able to hold back the demon long enough for needy to stab yeah. her okay yeah. I, I mean I obviously it meant something because they were floating in the air she rips it off and they fall down on the yeah, mattress I think so it just, something happened it okay. shocked her that she was like you know because when you are that kind of person that's kind of manipulating someone or or uh, you know abusive you just don't think you 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 do everything you can to keep that person by you and isolate them and alienate them. And when somebody walks away, it's a huge, huge hit because you never thought that that would happen. So, okay. So, um, I think that they followed along the lines of, and even though this came out before it, what we do in the shadows, uh, whenever she would eat real food, looks like she'd throw up. And I think that that was one of the reasons that they gave her, they used pepper spray instead of mace, yeah. okay? Because she came into the kitchen, she's like, I'm so hungry, she ate the chicken and she immediately threw up, right? Right. Why was she so hungry? Because on the way back to the house that night... She had a snack. She killed... <laughs> yeah, so she should have been in fucking full form, right? Yeah. I think she was still traumatized from what happened to okay. her as a, as a person. I think that they she was still trying to... So how did she eat food in front of her family and stuff at that point? 
Maybe she didn't. Maybe she never did. Maybe it was like a situation that Needy was in where the parents were just so busy and stuff like that. You just assume your child's going to take care of themselves. Okay. Um, here's and what my... girl eats lunch in, a, in high school? <laughs> okay. Here's, here's my favorite question. So Needy gets arrested and charged and obviously convicted or whatnot for the death of Jennifer. Yes. She goes to the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's at an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're acting like she's a hero because of all the people that are sending them stuff. I don't I don't know what that was all about, all the stuff she was uh, opening at the beginning. She said that a lot of it were, you know, kind of pedophiles. And she said Chester's, which, you know, to us is our cat name. Okay. But right. Chester's would be a, a molester. Okay. Um, and then why, are, were, and why are molesters sending her stuff? I don't know. Because they're just weird? It's just, just weird, weird okay. yeah. Okay. Trying to trying to make... But, uh, but the other part of it, the second part of it, is people were sending her religious artifacts because they were trying they to save her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So she's in this asylum. Mm-hmm. She gets arrested. Mm-hmm. She's undergoing psychiatric treatment and all this medical testing. And no one's noticed that she's got these really fucking weird marks on her. Yeah. And on top of that, she was known as the kicker because she literally kicks people across the room. <laughs> um, can we hire somebody here that knows how to put one and one together and not get blue? <laughs> the fuck? I mean, she kicked that woman in the chest so hard she knocked one of her teeth out. Oh, that's normal. That's 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 what 17-year-old girls do. That's, that's how they do. Did a kicker. The yeah. fuck? All right. Well, I think that that too is it, it. You you put two and two together at the end of the movie when you realize that she's got some of Jennifer's powers now, right? Before I knew it was, something was up when she kicked the woman across the room. I mean, yeah. they, I'm known as the kicker. We, yeah, so was Adam Vinatieri. But I mean, um, <laughs> well, maybe she should go to the Patriots. Now. I guess do no. Oh no, shit! Join Manchester United. Yeah. Kick a goal from the yeah. Okay. There you go, baby. That's. That's all I had. Let's talk about the post scene before we go into our our favorites, right? Okay. This is um this wraps up uh, the post credits actually wrap things up nicely because you find out that, you know, she's demon, she levitates out of that insanely tall um solitary room. What uh, <laughs> Was it for Andre the Giant? Was it for Peach? I don't know. Dragon? It, it, it I mean, enabled her. It enabled Lord. her to hover and I guess get out. So she gets out, and um, as she's walking along the road, you find where the out- outlet is for devil- the Devil's Hole because you see all those balls and then the knife that was used for Jennifer. That wasn't convenient at all. Not convenient at all. So she picks it up. She hitchhikes and she finds the band, and takes out her vengeance on oh, them. Do you know who the driver was of the car? No. Lance Hendrickson. Who? Lance Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson. He was Bishop in Aliens. Oh, okay. He's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, okay, that was Lance cool. Hendrickson. He's old. He's old. Okay, go ahead. He's old. Um, so that was kind of a, uh, inter- I guess, entertaining. Do you want to call it entertaining? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's well, a, it, you know, it's cathartic. Okay, it's cathartic. So, so now- <laughs> For Needy. If you're feeling for Needy through this whole thing, at least she gets her. So you see that scene at the end, mm-hmm. okay, and you see her- they're not demons or anything. They're just bad dudes. They're just pieces of shit. Yep. So let's say we make a television show. Mm-hmm. And obviously the needy character has to be in it. I right. don't think Jennifer's body can be in it because she's uh, expelled. Does she travel the world like the peep, the guys on Supernatural killing demons? Or does she 
travel the country taking out pieces of shit? Mm. Which one? I don't know. That's a good question, and I don't know if I've got an answer for it. It would have to be super-powered stuff, because yeah. otherwise she just rails rail right mean, through them like she You could she have Jennifer kind of come back as a spirit, I guess, right? Or Maybe she a, didn't a actually hallucination, or a you know some kind of projection. Maybe they know. find out that the blade in that Home Depot box cutter from Dewalt that she was using um, <laughs> was not. It was it was defective. They used Chinese drywall when they made it, so it didn't actually kill her. So now she. <laughs> I still, I still just wrote a better movie than the people that wrote Jennifer's, <laughs> Jennifer's body did. Okay. So now let's move on to our final portion of this whole uh, discussion about... Oh. Usually we say three favorite... Oh, did you have something else you yeah. want to share? Okay, go ahead. When she kills a football player. Yeah. Look at all the animals. Yeah. They're here waiting. They wouldn't like you. You're a demon. Yeah. <laughs> You're not fucking Johnny Appleseed. You're not Grizzly Adams. <laughs> you didn't bring treats. <laughs> and the only animal that's eating the body at the end She's is the herbivore. She's Snow White. I guess. Yeah, I, the herbivore. Yeah, that was my only. I have question. Question was like, why a deer? You had a fox. You had several animals there that would eat meat. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. And most animals won't eat something that they don't take down. Right. Vultures, scavengers will, but oh, none yeah, of those so animals. Oh yeah, a raccoon would. A raccoon might. Yeah, a, a raccoon, raccoon might would. go to town. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, so we're skipping. I have questions. We're moving right on to. Um, we didn't skip, but we just went back to it. So yeah. That was okay. The three favorites. Um, three favorites. Um, I guess, do you, do you have any you want to start? Or? I, I have one that I can come up with. Okay. And I said, I'd probably try and, I, I maybe have another as we talked. Mm-hmm. Um, the final scene. Yeah. That was pretty badass. The, the final scene. I mean, just because you got that redemption story for her and, mm-hmm. and it, it literally eliminates her name at this point. She is no longer needy. Oh, right? no. Nope. Um, I, I, I want to say that I like the part where they sacrifice her, but I don't because even though it was creepy and it was rough, it it was what you'd want in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. It, it wasn't, there should be, there was a lot of dissonance. Should be nothing lighthearted in that scene. Nothing. That movie, that scene should creep you the fuck out. Well, the fact that they were singing the Jenny song, the eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. To me, that was creepy because that was just very cavalier part of of that yeah i don't think we could say that the, the our favorite scenes are scenes we like the most i think these are the scenes that it scenes that, that stuck, stand out stuck yeah. with us or stood out yeah and is that it or do you have one more i think that's it okay i'm sorry i i, I know i I, sh- I just yeah I, to me it wasn't so much oh wait the oh, lesbian scene the... no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> the kiss duh um <laughs> Uh, for me, and this wasn't really so much. I think it was just kind of a, a carried on theme, not theme throughout it, but just a kind of repetitive thing that um, you had uh, Adam Brody have this conversation about um, where Needy asks, like, why you, you, you can get gigs in the city while you're coming out here, right? And this, the, 
the freaking not asinine, but just douchebaggery kind of answer of, oh, well, sometimes we like to come out to the poor towns to, you know, meet our fans and blah, blah, blah. And the fact that every time they um, talked about Devil's Kettle as part of their narrative to fame, like this happened and they were, they never get the name right. Oh, yeah. They never get the town name right. And yeah. I just thought that was like a great touch. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, and I did notice that. And I was yeah. like, man, this guy really is a dad. Uh, just a douche, yeah. yeah. just. A d- I, I don't know what I was going to say there. I, I, I didn't want to say douche, but I started out saying douche. So <laughs> I went, da- he's a dash. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Good catch. I like it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is a hard one because there's like so many things that you're like, eh, it's, it's... So many things you wanted to be yeah. good, but they fell like two steps short. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I think that um, obviously Amanda Seyfried did a, a, an amazing job with this role, um, especially since, you know, you you know her as Karen, you know, from Mean Girls, and so it's d- different. And Gollum from Ted too. <laughs> Sam Jackson. I will, I will say... I will say that I felt so bad because I do think that she is pretty. Mm-hmm. She she's not supermodel pretty. She's not she's not Megan Fox pretty. Mm-hmm. I get it or, you know, but I cannot see her in a movie now without hearing Seth MacFarlane say, "Whoa, whoa, hold on now, Gollum from Ted 2." <laughs> and it fucking kills me every time. I literally giggled a couple times watching the movie like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "Ted 2." You're like, "Oh, stop it." You know. <laughs> I mean, okay. But it just I, I feel, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the scene, I think, in the beginning when they're kind of establishing that she's in this mental hospital, you really don't know what, but when she goes up to the um, the tetherball oh, and punches shit. it and it I goes about flying that. off the rope. And I thought that it was just because it was shitty equipment. Shitty equipment. And then, and you, then you find then out Then when she, you realize that she's got these powers, you're you know like, what? oh. That's why you married me. That's why, that's why married I married you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's because when we talk okay. and have discussions like that, now you realize how superior you are to me. Oh. <laughs> it's good for your ego and yourself. It's very good for my ego. You are my oh, needy. Oh wow! I didn't even I didn't even catch that. Well, nice. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was that was kind. Of... <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when that happened too. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucked. <laughs> I don't know. And like I said, I think that the. This it's it seems like a, such an insignificant scene, but the scene that she does have with Amy Sedaris as her mother, it just cements why needy is the way she is. Because when you when you grow up with a parent like that, yeah, you're you're always going to be kind of a supplicant to whoever's the stronger one. And so I thought that that was a really nice ad. I wanted to say when she goes, you know what? One day you're going to call out for me and you're not going to need me and I'm not, not going to be here. And I wanted to go, like last night? Yeah, exactly. Like last Bitch. night. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are never around in nice. that kind of podunk town. All right. Okay. Cool. So would you watch this movie again? Nope. No. No. I appreciate it. Okay. It just. All right. That's fair. If it turned into a TV series, would you watch it? I'd give it a shot. Okay. I'd give it a shot. All right. And I I wouldn't... I say I wouldn't watch it again. I'm not going to walk out in the living room and put it in. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't even know if I'd hang out in the living room if it was on. I I say that I wouldn't watch it because... 
you know what? I wouldn't watch it for the same reason that I won't watch Spider-Man 3. Okay. It's just, it, it kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of hurts to know that they had a product like that and they're like, I'm just going to piss all over it and light it on fire. Yeah. That's what they did. Yeah, I think, I think had this movie been made a little closer to, you know... Well, just... The, the T-knots. And, you know, or the, let the people yeah. do what you fucking pay them to do. Yeah. Let the people do what you pay them to do. I don't see Bruce Arians on the field every play telling Tom Brady who he should throw the ball to. He's your quarterback. Call the play. Let him run it. Be done with yeah. it. Yeah. Just doesn't make any sense. Okay. So, I guess I have one question for you, and you are already giggling, so I'm very nervous. What are you What episode to- is this? Is this 49? I think this is 47. Is it 47? It's 48. Is I can't, it I can't three? remember. I, I have, I have a movie. I have a movie. I want to pick. We're going to do a special episode for our 50th episode. Okay. Because we talked about it. To yep. just let the listeners know, we're going to... We're probably going to do a movie that doesn't have a lot of analyzing or that we can do short, and then we're going to talk about our first 50 episodes, little like you know questions about different stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I have a movie that I want you to watch, but I don't know that there's a lot of analyzing that can be done on it. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of on the fence here as to what we're going to watch next. Um, I don't want to watch that one because it's too long. I always struggle at this part, don't I? Yeah, you do. All right. Uh, Pick a lane. No. Why? Mm. Who's Elaine? <laughs> ha, um, Full body dry heave. <laughs> man. Uh, all right. I'll tell you what. Action or comedy? <sighs> Last time you posed that question to me, I chose action. So I guess I will have to choose comedy this round. Have you seen Who's Harry Crumb? I have not. Who's Harry Crumb? Okay. Starring the late, great John Candy. John Candy. Okay. I love him. Okay. Brace yourself. For what? This is not an Oscar-worthy movie. No this shit. Is, this is just a movie that I like. <laughs> it's, it's John Candy. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Well, they're not. I was like, this was, I knew that this wasn't going to be a complete winner, but, you know, it's an interesting thing to talk about. This is a good movie to pick because, not because you like it, but it's an interesting conversation about a movie that failed. Yeah. Right? I mean, there, are, hey, there are movies I like that I know aren't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are movies that I like that, I know missed the mark, but I still have a reason that I like to watch them, but I don't watch them all the time. They're still fun to talk about, so I get it. All, all right. right. Who's Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb? I'm out. You're out. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Honey, You Should Watch This. Uh, we are um, still kind of getting back into the groove from COVID. Um, I am in the middle of transitioning from a current job to Yay! a brand new job. Um, and the cats are, of course, just walking through shit like they own it. Um, so one might pop in the frame very soon plane. if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> Get off my plane. Um, so I am, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on social media. So, um, we're, we're trying, um, we're not quite there yet, but if you do want to follow us, um, we have an Instagram account and a Twitter account that are both at honey, watch this handles. 
And uh, if you want to kind of follow me and the adventures of our furry little friends that like to pop into frame and ruin our recording sessions, um, you can find me at marketing underscore angel on Instagram. And if you want to hear more of the dulcet tones of the wonderful Gregory, um, you can listen to him on his other podcast. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, sure. You can uh, ch- check out Top 5 for Fighting. It's a bro. It's not a bro show. I mean, it's a bro. It, show. It's kind of well. We talk about stuff that most guys would it's like. Bro, tastic. We, uh, we talk about movies and and sports and you know just wrestling and hockey and movies and cartoons and just general shit. We are going to do a live stream during the NFL draft this week. We are going to make fun of all the idiots that pick all the wrong players. And just going to have, I think we're going to have four or five people on a Zoom call and we're just going to record it and live stream it and have fun. And uh, we do a top five list at the end of every show. We try and make them a fun top five list. Sometimes it's serious, but most of the time we're, we're making jokes. Like this week will be the top five ways to improve wrestling. There you go. Stretch Armstrong? No. Oh, okay. Actually, mine are all like... Um, Things that you see in a wrestling match that every time you see it, you're like, Jesus Christ, again? <laughs> Something like that, right? And listen, don't 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 get me wrong. I do kind of enjoy watching wrestling, but I do know that it's scripted. It's an entertainment product. It's not sports. So yes, I make fun of it as I watch it if it's dumb. So uh, in fact, uh, one of us, Mike's the bigger wrestling fan. He turned WrestleMania off this year because he was just like, this is stupid. So, hmm. so there you go. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, please be sure to tune in. If you want to um, see any of our back catalog, um, you can subscribe to us and you will find our library. Um, or you can go to honeyyoushouldwatchthis.podbead.com um, and you can find all our episodes there. Yes, you can. You can. Yes. Yes, you can. Thank you. Gonna be the best I can. Wait. Okay, we're gonna go now. Okay.